Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a remote personal training company with an emphasis on helping people of all fitness levels feel better, move better, and live better with progressive functional strength and conditioning workouts. My guest today is nutrition and fitness coach Mary Tunis. Mary started her athletic career as a competitive gymnast at the age of five, but after a car accident ended her career in the sport in her late teens, she found CrossFit, and within a year of starting that was competing at a high level on a CrossFit team. During this time, she became increasingly interested in the nutritional side of health and fitness and went to school to study the subject so she could help people create sustainable, healthy relationships with food and exercise. Mary's positivity and energy are on full display on her social media accounts, where she shares practical tips and tricks to help people fuel their bodies, move well in their workouts, and recover just as intentionally as they train. I'm excited to share our chat with you as she brings a ton of knowledge on both the mindset behind her nutritional coaching approach and tactical advice to help you start eating better today. But before we jump into the interview, I just wanted to let you know about the Straight Shot email club. Last week, we gave away several weeks of remote coaching and workout programming with my awesome coaches just to some lucky winners who are in the email club. Now, this group gets a weekly newsletter with all of the content that we've put out as coaches over the course of the week, and we have it all for you there in one spot in that newsletter. Plus, you get content from my coaches that you can't get anywhere else. We offer exclusive deals and giveaways to this group too. And listen, I don't want you to miss the next time that we give away a chance to work with my coaches because they're just, they're awesome. So head over to straightshottraining.com and click join the email club to start getting that newsletter. And again, while you're there, check out everything that we have to offer in terms of personal training. And if you're ready to take charge of your health and your fitness, click request a coach and I'll get right on it for you. All right, let's get into my interview with Mary Tunis. Thanks for joining us today, Mary. I know you've got a really busy day with clients uh, and all the other stuff that you have to do to maintain the small business that you started. But actually, how long have you been personal training? So I started personal training almost about two years ago. I first started, so I coached gymnastics for eight years. So I've kind of been training people in a group setting for a very long time. Um, And then I got certified in my CrossFit level one and I started group training classes. And then as I pivoted from the competition world um, into trying to figure out what I wanted to do as a career, I started personal training um, in Hagerstown, Maryland. So it's been about two years. So you were talking about competing before before you got into coaching both fitness and nutrition. You you had quite a, a long career as an athlete for how young you are. Can you can you walk us through kind of what that looks like from your beginnings with gymnastics up through CrossFit? Yeah, so I started gymnastics at the age of two. My mom put me in a, a parent-child class and she told me that I could continue if I started using the the bathroom. So if I got went so I, for potty training. Okay. So I started gymnastics at two and I started competing at the age of five. And I competed from five until about 17 years old. 
um, I was in a pretty traumatic car accident and that ended my gymnastics career. I then went to Frostburg after graduating from high school and I was on the cheerleading team. Didn't work out for me, came home, found CrossFit in 2017 and fell in love with it and quickly started competing. I competed at the 2018 CrossFit Games Regionals on a team and then I competed at the 2019 Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Challenge. Wow. Wait a minute. So, because I, I met you at CrossFit 301 Elite in Hagerstown, and that must have been 2017. So, yeah. you had just started then? Yeah, I just started CrossFit. I was home. I decided not to go back to school at Frostburg. I was working out at Planet Fitness for a million hours a day. I watched <laughs> the fittest documentary. I drove past CrossFit 301. I went inside one morning at 7 a.m. and I didn't look back. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So, so to go from from not doing CrossFit, anyone listening, because we do have a lot of people who listen who who are in CrossFit or, or who did CrossFit, but to go from not doing CrossFit to competing at regionals on a team in a one year in a one year span is pretty impressive. I think gymnastics <laughs> and then my just work ethic really. I was determined okay. when I want something, I go after it. Okay. Um, yeah. And are you competing right now or just, just working out because you enjoy it? What, what's it look like for you now? Yeah, currently I am, I'm in this weird place because competing's always been part of my identity. And during the pandemic, I really, or I guess we still are in the pandemic, but during the lockdown, I really struggled to try to find my purpose. I had just graduated from college and I knew that I wanted to build a business but I knew that I probably couldn't build a business and compete at the same time. Um, So I am kind of in this phase where I'm just working out for, to have fun. I'm not necessarily following a program for the first time in my life. I'm just kind of doing what I feel like doing, what feels good on my body. And I have decided to focus less on um, my training in the competition world because you have to be pretty selfish um, when you're competing at a high level and focus on others so right now i'm taking a break from competing i can't say that i i would love to go back one day but i am a firm believer that if that's meant to be it'll be so then with you having this competition background obviously it makes sense that you got into coaching other athletes and you said you were a gymnastics coach for a little bit and now you're doing personal training but what got you so into nutrition that it made you want to start your own nutrition business? Yeah. So backstory from when I was a gymnast, I was always the muscular gymnast. Um, I'm shorter. I'm only four foot 11. I think I stopped growing when I was 12 and I'm 24 now. And I never was judged for my appearance. Um, I don't want to say gymnastics was the cause of the eating disorder that I struggled with, but it definitely played a role in it. And I remember just hating my body. I can remember from at five years old, sitting on the stairs at gymnastics and crying to my mom that I wanted liposuction on my legs. And really at the age of five, I started having a disordered relationship with food. I, so when I was 13, I was diagnosed with anorexia and I was in and out of treatment facilities all over the United States. And I had the opportunity to work with some of the best dietitians and the best therapists and the best psychiatrists in the country. And I really just fell in love with how they helped me. They gave me, you know, the real knowledge of nutrition science. 
And I knew that I wanted to give back to the community. So I decided to go into school for nutrition because I learned through CrossFit that in order to perform the way that I wanted to, that I needed to eat more food than I ever had. And it just, it, yeah. it, amazed, it amazed me how much food plays a role in our daily activity. I always thought that I had to earn my food by exercise when really me just sitting here talking to you, I'm earning my food because I'm alive and I'm breathing. Oh yeah. So my experience with um, struggling with an eating disorder for 10 plus years, I've learned so much and I've experienced so much and I just want to help others to fuel their body and to really just tune out the nonsense we hear in the fitness and the diet industry. So I guess that's kind of then what your hope is then with your company is, is, you know, this honest approach to creating good relationships with food is, is that kind of what you're going for with it? Yeah. Just a, a sustainable and balanced approach with food that fits with their lifestyle because what's right for me, Johnny, isn't going to be what's right for you because we live two totally different lives. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's all there's these cookie cutter diets that I could be following and my mom could be following. And it's like, dude, we're totally different people. So I want to I want to help my clients and other people build a unique nutrition and fitness plan that fits within their lifestyle so they can thrive and complete the daily tasks and the goals and the jobs that they need to do on a daily basis. Well, I mean, you, you've really been putting out a lot of cool content since, I guess you've really launched headfirst into this back in, in like early 2020, right? Shortly after the lockdown, I think is when you kind of started kicking things off. Yeah. So I really started, I really started believing in myself once I just started doing it. Um, okay. in June, that is when I graduated, um, with my degree in nutrition. And that's when I first started taking on nutrition clients. Okay. And since then, I mean, you, you, you put out a lot of stuff on social media that, that tie in pieces of your story. Cause you do have this incredible story of, of going through what you did and how that can I helps qualify you to speak to people about having a healthy relationship with food. So you've got a lot of stuff about that. Uh, how had like basically the basic overall approach to seeing food, but you also get really specific with some of the stuff that you put on your social media, very tactical stuff. And I think you have a good blend of that, of that relationship with food piece, plus the practical, actual knowledge of how to apply that. Uh, and you do a lot of myth busting when it comes to nutrition claims, which I really like. So I thought that we would go through a couple of the things. I, I think I've highlighted five things here that I've noticed on your social media that I wanted you to expound a little bit on because I think that you uh, that you do a good job of challenging these things here. So you ready to go through these? Yes, of course. Okay, Let's cool. All right. So so uh, first one here, uh, and I think you actually put something out about this two days ago. Um, you don't agree with the claim that you shouldn't eat carbs on days that you don't work out. So lower carbs on rest days. Why don't you agree with with those claims? Yeah. So when we are not working out, our body is recovering. And in order for our body to recover, we need a proper breakdown of macronutrients with one being the carbs. And what carbs does is carbs replenishes the body in the glycogen stores and will help you recover quicker and will prep you for the next workout. 
So if you're not fueling today for tomorrow's workout or the next day's workout, you're going to have no energy in the tank. I, 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 and that's so true. I, I remember before, a long time ago, I experimented with caloric cycling programs where I would, you know, cycle my carbs down or my calories down on my rest days. And the day after, my workouts were always crap because I had so, even though I was eating a lot on those days, I didn't have the fuel from the day before. And my recovery wasn't great because I would have a hard workout. And then the next day, have little food coming back in because I was cycling my calories. And this is obviously I experimented with it and it did not work out. So I totally agree with you on that one. It's, it's so weird to think because we always think that we have to earn our food, like I said earlier, but really you're earning your food by just being alive. I can definitely, once you really start to tune into your body, like I can, like, if I have a bad workout, I always go back and look at my food logs and I'm like, oh, it's because I only had X amount of carbs. So when I eat fewer carbs, I can definitely tell during my workouts because I don't feel great. And so what I'll do the next day is I'll just make sure that I hit my uh, carb target and then check in with my body the next day. If I need to bump that up a little bit, I will. But I really can, now that I'm in touch with my body, I can really tell when I do not fuel enough with carbohydrates. Okay. That I'm I'm that way with hydration. I can tell in my workouts if the day before if I drank enough water uh, because I, it totally affects the way I perform the next day. It all comes down to we just got to listen to our body. It's going to tell us what it needs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think a lot of times people purposely ignore that because they're in so much of this this deprivation style of dieting that they're refusing to listen to their body. They're flat out saying, uh, no, I'm going to tell you what to do when their body's saying, I need some, a macronutrient or a certain amount of something. Exactly. Uh, so the next thing here that you had on, uh, on social media a while back was women should not be eating less than 65 grams of fat a day. Can you explain where kind of that number comes from? Yeah, so this is going to be all based on the client's um, unique lifestyle, genetics, how old they are. But typically, I recommend 25 to 35 percent of calories of healthy fats at a minimum. And this is because low fat and low carb diets lead to poor hormone health in women, which can cause a loss of periods. But it also can lead um, poor hormone health in men too. And and if okay. men are experiencing a dip in sex drive or they're not experiencing a morning wood this could be because that they're not they don't have enough body or they don't have enough body fat or they're not eating enough fat because um that is a plays a crucial role in regulating the body's hormones and other bodily functions okay i've actually had a couple of questions of, of, about that recently about um exercise and and hormone health but um there, i mean it is equally important if not more important to look at hormone health from the food side too oh yes 100 percent. if and you're under fueling you're over exercising that's a disaster for the body oh yeah and and fat is one of those things that it's it's almost like i wish we could call fats a different thing uh because when people see see fat they think of body fat but when you look at you know fats you know lipids they are the the precursor to the hormones that your body has to manufacture to have your body functioning correctly. And when you deprive your body of those lipids, you you can't, you just can't make what you need to make when it comes to your hormones in your body. Exactly. I think it just it comes down to, you know, back in the I guess it wasn't too long ago, the low fat diet 
our, the diet industry just brainwashed us to think that fat was bad. Yeah. And it's wild that that's one of those things that still keeps on sticking around. And now also, but at the same time, the low carb thing keeps coming back. Oh, I know. It's just, <laughs> I think that there is just not enough real nutrition science out there. And that's what I hope to bring to the fitness community because there's so many just crazy claims out there and they are not backed by nutrition or fitness professionals. They're it's all a marketing. They, they just want your money. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's why I, I always tell my clients whenever they see one of these claims, I always say, you know, go to that person's page and see what they're selling. Cause they're probably trying to sell you on something. It's probably or a supplement or something. Them. Right. Message them, email them and be like, Hey, what's your credentials? If they don't have a degree <laughs> or, or a bunch of experience, then they're out of their scope of practice. Uh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of carbs here, I've seen more than a few occasions. You like to eat ice cream and you like ice cream with cookies. So yeah. also you like ice cream and cookies and you're eating it at night. So of all yeah. of those things, how are you going to defend yourself to the people who say don't eat after 8 PM or don't eat carbs at night? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, our body can't really tell time. Um, and it's not the meal timing that makes you gain weight. It's eating more calories than you burn that makes you gain weight. But if you typically are craving more carbs at night, that's probably means you didn't have enough throughout the day. I know when I crave um, more sweets at night, I look back and it's like, oh, that's because I only had this many carbs at lunch. So typically, again, the body's going to tell you what it needs. If it's craving carbohydrates, maybe tomorrow fuel with more carbs during the day. But the fact that people say that you can't eat at, after 8 p.m., that's not what makes you gain weight. What makes yeah. you gain weight is because you're eating more calories than you're burning. Yes. And I think the other thing with, with eating at night, and this is what I, when I talk to my clients about it, typically people are, are not making great choices at night. And I think that you, you posted something where you were um, portioning out your ice cream and your cookies and you actually ate a portion of each. Whereas a lot of people will just grab the entire carton of ice cream and just destroy it while they're watching something. Cause it's easier to do those kinds of things at night than it is during the day. Yeah. Because they're being mind, they're, they're not being mindful and they are finally, you know, we, we all are so busy. And finally, when our bodies start to settle down, what do we do? We go and grab comfort stuff and what's comforting a big bowl of ice cream. Yes. And then we end up eating more than we probably should. Um, so it's all about portion control and how much of it you are eating. Okay. So it's really, it's not about the time or even so much the actual food. It's how much of it are you eating? And, you know, is this a, is this a sign from your body that maybe you need these things earlier in the day? Correct. Now you have a workout plan. Obviously you, you have a plan that you stick with. You have goals, you have things that you're doing when you go into the gym, but also you're pretty upfront about the times when you go into the gym and you'll do a lift and it, things aren't feeling right and you just skip your workout for the day or go for a walk or work on mobility. Uh, so how does your approach to your training and the training that you do with people, how does that differ from the idea that I'm in the gym and I have to burn a certain amount of calories or I have to get a certain amount of repetitions in, in a workout? How is your idea of that different? So I will be completely vulnerable. I still struggle with this to, to this day. But what I've learned is to work smarter and not harder. Today was one of those days where 
I woke up and I was a little tired. I felt my body. I did 50 muscle ups in a workout yesterday. Oh my I could gosh. Feel it. I could feel my body. Um, I went into the gym and I didn't go in with a plan. I am always this person with a type <laughs> A. Like I'm a type A person. I always follow the book to a T. Was going to just hop in the class, but the class was, you know, very, very high heart rate. And I knew that wasn't, I wasn't going to feel great for the rest of the day. So I really have been working in again. I am not perfect. I still sometimes don't listen to my body. I'm a human. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning, but I really just tune into my body. I roll out a little bit. I stretch and I, 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 I feel what feels good on my body and what doesn't feel good on my body. And then I see how much energy I have. And I really, I, it's all about tuning into your body and okay. what I've learned. And it's really just with, I really just have to fight those thoughts and you just have to kind of do it. And then you'll realize like on Monday, like Sunday, I completely rest. I did some gentle yoga and on, and I had a lot of anxiety because I was like, you've got to work out. You've got to work out that little voice inside my head. Monday, I crushed my workout and I felt so good. So it's really just, it's trial and error and it's trust. You've got to trust the the process. And you have to realize that you're not going to burn the same amount of calories every day. Just like you probably won't eat the same amount of calories every day because yes. we're not robots. Yes. We're not robots. And if you really, if you listen to your body and you push when you're feeling a hundred percent, 100% and you lay off when you are not, you're going to see the benefits. Yeah. And I, and I think when it comes to, like you said before about it's so much more than just your training time in the gym, dictating what you eat during a day, it's your recovery, the entire, you know, other time, the other, you know, 15 hours awake outside of the one hour that you're working out that if you're really feeling, you know, beat up from those workouts, you may need to be eating some more food on that rest day, but you may need to actually burn less calories that day and not put your body under that stress uh, so that you can spend that day to recover both from a lighter workout standpoint and a eating the same amount of food that you should be eating rather than trying to do a lighter workout and eat less food. You still might feel terrible after that. Exactly. And say you go in for a workout that's one hour long. Um, typically someone's not actually completing work for one whole hour. Yeah. And then you are completely beat up and you have to sit down the rest of the day. Well, then you're not burning as many calories throughout the day doing daily activity because you don't have energy to do it. Instead, if you go in, you move your body, whatever it feels like doing, and you leave energized then you have energy to go do the dishes, to clean up, to do those daily activities. I think people forget that you you burn more calories typically outside doing daily tasks if you're not sitting down, not doing anything, than you do in a 60-minute CrossFit class or something like that. Outside of just your basal metabolic rate, what you burn just doing nothing, outside of that, the, the majority of your calories outside of that are going to be burned through non-activity or non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And then right. there's only only like maybe 5 to 10% of your daily calories are going to be burned through the exercise that day. Yeah, correct. And and that's why, and when I have clients that say, oh, I go to the gym seven days a week, but then they work desk jobs and they're like, why am I not losing weight? It's because 
that gym class, it only plays a small percentage out of the of out of how many calories you burn in a day. So you need to be doing the within moderation, obviously, you know, you need to be shooting for at least seven K steps a day. You need to be doing, you need to be cleaning and taking the trash out and just doing those little tasks because those burn calories too. Absolutely. Yes. That's why I I think it's, it's important that people aren't just associating that, like that gym time with the, this is the only activity I get today. So I have to come in and do it. Whereas like you said, you know, if you go in there and you take it a little bit lighter, then just be more active and be intentional about moving more throughout the day. And again, exercise is supposed to embrace our body. Like we are so gifted to be able to even move our bodies. Um, I know that you follow some like adaptive athletes as well. And working out should be, it should be like a praise to our body. So we, yeah, it's okay to feel, you know, face down on the ground and in a workout every once in a while, but really the majority of our workouts should make us feel energized and not beat to the ground. And that has been something that I've been really working on and challenging um, this past year. Cause I felt like when I was competing, if I couldn't move the rest of the day, then I didn't work out hard enough. But now I, I leave a little bit or a lot in the tank. So I am excited and I'm eager to go back to the gym tomorrow. Yes. Which is, you know, that that's one of the things that I've always kind of challenged, even back whenever I was in CrossFit is one of the things I've always challenged is this idea that you were, that you have to have max intensity every time you go in there. And that's just, that's just not what our bodies are asking for. No. And take it from experience. I'm dealing with a lot of you know, a lot of hormonal imbalances right now that I'm trying to heal and everything like that, because I did push my body to its limits in my past. So I'm really trying and I'm paying for it now. And it's, you know, it's, it's definitely challenging, but it's, your body will break down. If it hasn't yet, it will. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so my, my final question here in regards to some of the stuff that you challenge with the things that you put out online is, uh, this idea that lifting weights, makes women bulky or muscle bound. And it's for some reason that thing still has stayed around with us for so long that if, that if women lift heavier weights or if women lift in general, that they are going to look like bodybuilders. So what, what's your take on how people see both the way you train and, and see you as kind of this, this public figure now putting yourself out there um, as a fitness and nutrition coach? Um, if you want that quote unquote toned look that a lot of females are looking for, you must lift some sort of weight and eat a balanced diet. You build muscle with time under tension and you refuel with, you refuel with nutrition. So it's a long process and it has a lot to do with genetics, but you can't be afraid of something and you don't even realize, you don't even really know what's going to happen. A lot of females say, I'm not going to lift that. It's going to make me bulky. Well, have you ever tried it? You know, (laughs) like, have you ever tried it? Do you think like, if you, if you say, you know, you want a body like me or you want a body, like, let's say this other athlete, well, look what they're doing to achieve that body. You know what I mean? But then again, it's like people just call the shots and they've never even tried it because (laughs) Because they see it on social media, they see the girl with the quote unquote perfect butt doing the little booty band workouts and and the little uh running on the treadmill, you know? Like yeah. you gotta well, you gotta start 
filling your mind with other stuff. You got to get educated. That's what I think. People are uneducated. <laughs> well, I think one of the things too is that you, so you and I are, are we're smaller athletes. You know, yeah. we, uh, I think our height combined is like nine feet. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, uh, both of us being smaller athletes, it is, it is, and both of us who have competed at, at heavier weights for our different sports, um, both, both of us have had to gain a lot of muscle, like back when you were competing in CrossFit and I was competing in strongman, um, we both had probably more muscle than we have right now. And it was, and I'm not, I'm not sure I, I won't speak for you, but I know how hard it was for me as a smaller athlete to gain muscle. It is a lot harder than people think. It is so hard. And people like right now I'm kind of, I'm going, I'm, and I think you are too. You're in a bulking phase right now. Are you yeah. or no? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting ready to um, be in a caloric surplus to gain muscle. And I already think I eat so much food. <laughs> I'm like the amount of food that you have to eat. And that doesn't mean if you want to gain muscle, you have to work out more because when you work out, you break down your muscles. You must rest more. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's kind of like the total opposite of what diet culture tells us to do. You need to train with intention and you need to fuel with intention. And and the other thing is with with the way people pass these judgments on um, how somebody looks or how somebody trains. It's like you said before, everybody's different. And your training program is is for you is what you need. And then someone else's training program is exactly what they need. Your diet is going to be different than their diet. So when it comes to, you know, women lifting weights, you have to figure out what works best for you. Yes. And exactly. And I am like really all for whatever makes you feel good. If you like the Peloton classes, then do the Peloton classes, but that's or you like the marathon running, do the marathon running, but that's probably not going to get you that toned look that you're looking for if you do not incorporate a, at least a little bit of resistance training into your program. Okay. Because it's, it's a lot harder to get bulky than people think. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> a lot. You know how long I've been trying to get bulky? <laughs> a really long time. A really long time. I mean, it's crazy. Like, but our bodies are ever are always changing. And a lot of things is like, it's genetic based. Some people pack on muscle way quicker. Some people will have the, the six pack ripped abs and some people won't it's genetics. And we've just got to kind of learn to love our bodies for what they are and stop always trying to change them. And maybe just trying to like nourish them a little bit. Yeah. Listen to your body and feed it what it needs. Yes. So now some more practical things too, that, uh, that you do a good job of, of getting out there. Um, I have a, a couple of questions here in regards to meals and meal prep, cause this is the kind of specific stuff that people uh, give me a lot of questions uh, about. Um, but you're even more qualified, much more qualified than I am to, to talk about these. So let's talk first about you eat protein bars and you drink protein shakes. I, although most of, most of what you put out there is about eating, you know, whole unprocessed foods. So, um, when you do need to eat something that is quick and convenient, like a, a bar or a shake, what are you looking for in one of those? And how does that fit into a healthy diet? Yeah. So typically, you know, you want to get most of your foods from whole foods so sources, but life is busy. Um, and like you said, sometimes you need to get in those calories. So when I'm looking for a protein shake or a, a protein bar, I want to make sure that the carb and the protein ratio is pretty much even. Um, 
you don't want a protein bar that has more carbs than protein. I know that there are some bars out there. Um, I think cliff is one of them. I could be wrong, just the regular cliff bars, but there are like 50 grams of carbohydrates and not a lot of protein. You want a more balanced, um, ratio between carbs and protein. That's what I look at, look at, um, also ingredients. I know in some protein bars and some protein shakes you cannot read all the ingredients. And I'm really trying to get better at this. Um, but if you don't know what something is and it has some crazy name then you probably shouldn't put it in your body. But like I said, I'm not the greatest about that. It's all about balance, (laughs) but I would say equal carb and protein ratio or about equal. Okay. Okay. And then obviously with most of your food, you're doing whole foods. So you're doing a lot of meal prepping, but sometimes you don't meal prep. Sometimes I think last night, did you post something that you made in like five minutes? Oh yeah. The Ninja foodie is my favorite thing. And I love steamable veggies and steamable carbs such as sweet potatoes and, and rice, and then, um, whole rotisserie chickens. You can just go and grab. It's probably going to take the same amount of time to go to the grocery store, run in, get a chicken, grab some steamable veggies and steamable rice as it is to go through a drive through especially Chick-fil-A because that drive through takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's always so busy. Okay. So, you know, quick, healthy meals are still going to be that balance of, of a protein, uh, a good quality carb, high fiber vegetables and a healthy fat. It just, it doesn't have to be prepped a week in advance. You can do these things on the go. Um, if you're, if you're able to find those things that are quick cooking. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't have to be complicated and you don't have to spend hours in the the kitchen because this girl does not, I am not a fancy cook whatsoever. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that I think is helpful is if you have those bags of like steam in the bag vegetables and uh, we do a lot of uh, chicken breast just in a crock pot and yeah. then sh- and then shred it, but then we'll put it in little bags and freeze it. So if you Ooh. need, you know, if you need a quick dinner, you have the steamable vegetables and then you can just thaw out the, uh, the cooked chicken breast. And then you mix it with taco seasoning or, or low sugar barbecue sauce or whatever you want to do. And you have a quick meal right there. Uh, I think a lot of people get intimidated by the whole meal prep thing. Oh yeah, I agree. And I love that option because then you don't get sick of the same flavored chicken every single day. You can, you you can season it differently. And, And it's all about the seasonings, really seasonings and, and moderation with the sauces that makes food more flavorful. Okay. Now you mentioned doing takeout uh, when you're talking about your Chick-fil-A drive-through. Uh, a lot of people uh, are still eating out with takeout or maybe they are doing some outdoor dining depending on where they're at. What are your main tips when it comes to people ordering food out? If they're gonna go off plan from what they typically are eating, what do you have them look for in a, a healthy meal that they get out somewhere? Yeah. So before I go to any restaurant, I always go on and I look at the, I look at the menu and I go in with a game plan. So then I, I know what I'm eating. I know what, say I'm planning for dinner. I know what I should be eating for breakfast, lunch, and my snacks. So I always like to go in with a plan. I also ask for condiments, um, on this, on the side. And I typically stay away from foods, um, that are, fried or breaded. 
But then again, if you do want those foods, maybe share with a friend or make sure you have a side salad before you have those foods. And then I always ask for a to-go box with my, my food because they typically, the portions are larger. And then I go ahead once they hand me that food, say I'm eating at a restaurant, they hand me the food. I use the hand method, which is great for portioning sizes. So I make sure that I have a palm size portion of protein on my plate, about a two cup hand, um, two cup hands of veggies, and then one fist of carbs, and then anything left over, I go ahead and I put that in my to go box. And then I eat that meal, I wait a couple minutes, if I'm still hungry, I'll get a little more protein and veggies out. Um, Or if I'm not, then I'll just out of sight out of mind. Yep. Okay. That's a good way of doing it there. Uh, and of course, too, if people are doing takeout, the food's already in a to-go box and they get it home, they can go ahead and portion out onto a plate what they're going to eat and stuff the rest in the fridge for the next day. Correct. Out of the site. Now, something that you do enough that it, to the point of where it actually starts making me guilty a little bit is that you have a vegetable with every single meal, every single snack. So beyond just the, the vitamins and the minerals and the fiber that are in vegetables. Why is it so important to you for people to eat vegetables that often? Yeah. So veggies are very high volume and that means that they, you can consume a bunch without taking a lot of calories. So they keep you full with the fiber and with the water consumption. So typically if someone eats a, you know, a half a plate of veggies and a fourth of fourth, a plate of lean protein, and then, you know, they have their complex carb as well. They're not going to be full for, or they're not going to be hungry. I'm sorry for the other stuff that they might think that they want. Okay. So when it comes to these, these vegetables that add bulk and add fiber to someone's diet, what are your kind of go-tos? What are your favorites for vegetables for people? Yeah, I love leafy greens, broccoli, cauliflower. I love sugar snap peas and cucumbers. They're super easy to snack on. And then zucchini and tomatoes as well. Okay, so kind of the whole eating the rainbow thing, a wide range of, of colors. And, and so you're going to be getting different vitamins and phytonutrients from different uh, from vegetables then? Yeah, and for variety. Okay. What if somebody doesn't enjoy vegetables? What do you, what are your tips to get somebody to enjoy, actually enjoy eating vegetables so they're not dreading their next meal? Yeah, I would start seasoning your veggies. Start, you don't, I mean, raw broccoli or like plain raw broccoli, like (laughs) not rabbits. Like, yeah, Yeah. that's not very tasty. So start seasoning your veggies, play around with it, put a little olive oil on it. Um, or if you, if you like veggies raw you and you need a little more protein in your diet, I really like doing plain Greek yogurt with a ranch seasoning packet and then dipping raw veggies in that. That's another good way or using some light dressing. Oh man, that sounds pretty good. It's like a higher, pro, higher protein, lower calorie, like ranch dip for vegetables. Yes. Uh-huh. It's One great of- for those people that it's great snack actually. Oh Yeah. And one of the things that we like doing with roasting vegetables is, is roasting broccoli with a little bit of olive oil on it. And then right as soon as you take it out, while it's still really hot, putting uh, just a little bit of um, like the sprinkled Parmesan cheese and oh, uh, so it's Parmesan cheese, garlic salt and cashews. So you've got a lot of healthy fats along Ooh. with your vegetables there. I can eat and I can eat like too much of that when it comes to, uh, to broccoli, but that, that's, that's Dude, the big I'm thing. I'm going to try that. No, I cannot re- wait. I'm going to try that. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Same thing with and my son. He's uh, he's three, and he I mean, he absolutely loves green beans and broccoli. Those are his two favorite things. But uh, but getting him getting three year olds to try new things is difficult. <laughs> but wa- watching him and and him try new vegetables and and just you know obviously the natural aversion that uh, the kids have to try new vegetables, I see the exact same thing in adults. And uh, and I think the big thing is the same thing we tell your tell your kids is just just try it. Like try a different seasoning on your vegetables. Try that dip that you talked about. Try a different recipe. Don't just discount. I don't like vegetables or I can't eat vegetables. They're just too disgusting. Just try some different stuff until you figure out what tastes good to you. Exactly. And cook it well. Um, another thing is, is like if you really hate veggies and you're trying to incorporate more veggies in your diet, start with smoothies. You can add like a whole handful of spinach to a smoothie with some protein, or you can, you know, you can add some rice cauliflower. I do that sometimes in smoothies. And so you can start that way as well. And that's, that's a good way for me with, with how much food I have to eat on a daily basis with how many calories I'm eating right now. That's how I, I get most of my vegetables is I just throw them in smoothies. Cause if I can drink it, it's less time of me sitting there chewing it when I have to eat all this other food with it. Exactly. What kind of, of fitness and nutrition advice combined kind of a mindset you have for people who, who just really don't enjoy eating healthy and don't enjoy exercising? How do you kind of approach working with a client with, with an aversion to working out and healthy eating? Yeah. So find accountability and start small. I, I think people try to take on too much at once. And I, I've been here. So choose one focus a week and don't overwhelm yourself. So again, the diet industry wants us to believe that we have to do all these complex things when really it's super simple, like start by getting seven to nine hours of sleep or, you know, eating at a veg, eating a vegetable at every meal or drinking water or bringing water with you wherever you go. So start small and don't overwhelm yourself. And then I also think you've got to start reframing your mindset because in if you say like, oh, I have to work out. Oh, I should work out. You're going to be in that negative mind mindset. So instead reframe the reframe your mind and say like, I am the type of person that works out, or I am the type of person that eats three balanced meals a day, or I am the type of person that limits alcohol intake on the weekend instead of I have to, or I need to, we're tricking our brain um, and reframing our mind. All right. And then finally, what is it that you hope to be known for as a fitness and nutrition coach? Yeah. So I don't want to be intimidating to people. I want to be very approachable. Um, and I want, I just want to use my story to help encourage others to find sustainable and flexible relationships with food. Um, I did a lot of dirty work and I'm still doing a lot of dirty work. And if I can help someone not have to do that dirty work, um, I feel like that I am doing my purpose here on, on earth. Yeah. Just helping individuals build sustainable and flexible relationships with food and learning that it is a process. And my approach to things is not a 30 day quick fix. It is a lifestyle. What the education and the resources that I give my clients, I don't want them to do just for 30 days. I want them to do it for a lifetime and then pass it down to their kids or their friends. Well, 
I mean, you're doing a great job with it, Mary. It's, it's, it's really cool to see kind of this trajectory that you've been on um, since I've, I've known you since about 2017 and now seeing, you know, with both of us kind of really realizing things in ourselves in 2020 and ju both jumping kind of headfirst into our respective fields. But um, I think you're doing an awesome job with it. I really hope that people can take the things that you're talking about uh, both today and then check out all the stuff you have online and, and start having this this relationship with food that's something that's going to be sustainable and not something that is is just quick fix after quick fix that are just going to end up failing um so if people want to see more of your stuff where can where can they find you on uh, on social media yeah so you can go to my website which is marytunisnutrition.com and you can link that in the show notes because my, my last name is a little hard to um spell and then I don't, how, I don't know how many times I mix up the E and the U. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it, it happens a lot. Um, yeah. And then on Instagram, I'm at M Tunis, which is my last name. T E U N I S. Correct. Look at you, yes. Johnny. Look, I'm not even looking at a note right now, too. I just remembered it. Um, so, and then uh, your website, which by the way is awesome, it, you just Thanks. launched a new website. Yeah, it's marytunisnutrition.com. Cool. And you've got, a, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff there, both on the website and on your social media of, of just you know, practical, just free stuff for people that they can already be learning from you, even if they're not working with you as a nutrition client. But you also do remote nutrition coaching, correct? Yeah. So I do um, monthly or nutrition coaching. Um, and then I also will help with meal prep and grocery shopping. That's additional services. And it's really just based on the client. Um, again, it's not cookie cutter. So it's very individualized approach. That's so cool. That's awesome, Mary. I'm super proud of what you're doing. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and sharing all the knowledge that you got there. Yeah, thank you. And thanks so much for just being such a positive role model. I really look up to you and I love your voice in this fitness space. So thank you too. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. Let's go change the world. Okay, let's do right, it. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to Straight Shot Radio today. I really appreciate it. If you aren't subscribed to the show yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button to get notifications of our next episode. If you could leave me a rating while you're here, that would be awesome, and please share this episode with a friend. If you're interested in what we do here at Straight Shot, please head to straightshottraining.com, and while you're there, make sure you join that email club so you can get in on the next giveaway that we have, plus get exclusive content, deals, and news from me and the other coaches at Straight Shot. Thank you so much, and have a great week, everybody. 